is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Before we get to today's show, I just wanted to talk about a few things. We heard from J.J. Barea today at Mavs practice, and if you haven't heard the story already, he took the Mavericks team plane. Mark Cuban gave him the clearance to take the plane. It took him forever. He said about 50 phone calls between him, Frederico, and you know Washington to try to figure out how to get you know the right clearance and everything to go and actually fly the plane there. But he took the plane, and he flew down there with some supplies and some other people that needed to go. And then he came back, he brought his grandma, his mother, uh, and his father stayed down there to take care of their foundation and to continue to help the relief effort down there. The, the island has just been devastated by Hurricane Maria. And uh, he said that that in Puerto Rico, that when they have a bad storm, that the power can go out for maybe you know a couple of days, a couple of hours. Unlike the whole island, it'll just go out if they have a bad storm. This was in a horrendous storm. And he said the power might be out for six months to maybe a year, which I, I don't know. Right now, I couldn't do literally anything I'm doing right now currently without power. And it's it's kind of amazing to think about. And these these people are Americans. That is a that is a country or that that is a uh, you know basically a state in in America. There's a whole John Oliver you know last week tonight thing about it. There's you know it's a U.S. territory. You know all kinds of things about that, but. They're part of us. They're they're also Americans with us, and we need to support them, especially because you know JJ Bray is on this team. We have this connection with him. We also have Jean Clavel, who is also on the you know on the Mavericks roster right now on the training camp roster, and so we need to support them. I'm going to put the link for JJ Bray's foundation in the description of this podcast. I will also post it uh, on my Facebook on uh, my Facebook and Twitter page right now. I believe it's it's pinned to my Twitter page right now. And so go and and donate. It's super easy. I literally, to be perfectly honest with everybody, I donated on the toilet today. It was so easy. I was sitting there and I was like, man, you know, I really want to do something about this. And I went to this, I went to JJ Brea's Twitter page. I clicked the link in his bio. I gave, and it was super easy. (laughs) Just, just like that. And it all goes to help, you know, people in Puerto Rico and to help them get back on their feet. And so we wanted to say that before because the story that he told today, there's tons of media there. There's so much, you know, coverage of that today. I'm sure you're going to hear a whole bunch of stories coming out about it. We posted one on SB Nation. Uh, Tim Cato wrote it up. We also posted one before uh, about, you know, what JJ is doing. And so we just wanted to talk about that first. We also wanted to plug our Fantasy Basketball League. Now that has a complete, completely change of pace right there. But we wanted to get, continue to plug that. Uh, we still have a few opening spots. We're, we're accepting 12 total. We still have a few. Isaac and I are just looking for the best tweets. So if you've not gotten an official invitation, don't assume that you're on the team. Keep sending us stuff. Keep sending us funny gifts, funny videos. You know, we'll retweet them, uh, get a laugh out of it. So uh, support JJ Berea's fund. I will put the link in the description of this podcast as well as, you know, keep sending us stuff for the uh, Fantasy Basketball League. So we don't ask a ton of, uh, of you guys, but with this, I really want people to support you know, JJ Barea really support this because this is something we can all get behind as Mavs fans, as you know, people that cover the Mavericks. So get behind that and then enjoy this podcast. Me and Jordan Brode is talking about Yogi Ferrell. Take it away, Stan. You are locked on Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. Welcome. You are locked on the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined again by Jordan Brodus. Pronounced his name right the first time. <laughs> Another writer at Mavs Moneyball. We are continuing the player previews, uh, and we are moving on to Yogi Ferrell today. Jordan, you excited to talk about Yogi Mania again? I am ready for Yogi. All right. Yogi has been an overlooked player on this Mavericks team because... Of Dennis Smith Jr., obviously. Yeah. <laughs> what are we missing yeah. with Yogi, and why are we not talking about him besides besides Dennis? It's such a wild. I mean, that the just his his story, you know, in general, uh, his path to Dallas and being like an actual NBA player is, is so incredible that you know I'm I want to celebrate that as as much as possible even as a Mavs fan or just a basketball fan because it's such a cool story uh but then you're right to turn right back around and have uh you know the new savior of Dallas get drafted a few months later and be the exact it, uh, same position yeah I mean and and you know they're style wise they're very different on the floor just from the little yeah. we've seen them play together which they played well together in summer league I thought but so completely different that it, it you know i you feel for for yogi in that sense but i also think he's he's a hustler he's a fighter and that's uh why he still has a lot of value to the team and uh and i i think that's exciting uh i mean there's a lot of things that i'm sure we'll get into right now uh that isn't being talked about when it comes to yogi ferrell and it'll be interesting to see how that develops throughout the season yeah i can't talk about yogi without saying that he was cut twice by the Brooklyn Nets who ended up getting the first pick yeah. in the draft and then ended up trading that pick obviously uh, because the Celtics had that the Celtics had that pick then they traded it so the Brooklyn Nets that got the number one pick in the draft that did not get to use that <laughs> pick waived him twice and that to me is just amazing just the, how terrible of a of team of all teams right of all teams of all teams like a team that I guess you could say that they didn't really need a point guard. And then obviously now they have D'Angelo Russell. So they're not really looking back and saying, oh, what if? Like, what if we could have no, Yogi, I mean, you know? And they had Jeremy they had to have. There had to have. I mean, I would have liked to have been in whatever the uh, front office meeting was that week after Yogi played in Dallas when he just went insane. Like, yeah, after that Portland yeah. game. Like, what was the front office in Brooklyn? Uh, Did Brokeroff get on the phone and go, you missed. You missed on this man. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like heads will roll. It just, heads I mean, it, it's it's such a funny, it's such a Brooklyn thing to happen to like let, let you know, a relatively no-name guy coming into the season undrafted, you know, whatever, uh, uh, to let that guy walk and then he gets picked up and... Twice! You know, has sort of, yeah, I mean, has, had an absolutely insane week. Looking back to those stats and watching the highlights of that week, I, I I wrote this in in the in the player preview, but it's like I just remember like constantly laughing because it just did not <laughs> it seem didn't, like a real didn't make like sense. that just it just does it's not a it's not a thing that happens very often. So it's cool that Dallas got to be a part of that in the middle of such a uh, mediocre season. 
Mediocre is putting it nicely. Yeah, that was... I was trying to be positive. I've been was... pretty negative all day, so I was trying to be positive. <laughs> that was such a breath of fresh air. Because you're writing about yeah. this one team, you know, and, and I'm like doing podcasts and I'm writing and I'm, you know, like all focused on just this one team, like these 15 players. And all of a sudden yeah. they just inject this in guy the dead in there. of winter. Yeah, yeah. Where it's just a slog at that point. And then you bring that guy in and yeah. you're like, yes, yes. Yeah. So yeah. I, I like no, it. It was great. It was a, a little, story. it was the Mavericks version of Jeremy Lin, which is funny that the Nets had Jeremy was, Lin and that they waved him twice. Yes, also that. <laughs> <laughs> All sorts of connections. All right. So in your piece, the, the uh, player preview, if you guys aren't already there listening to this podcast on that page, go ahead and check that out. What is your biggest question for Yogi Ferrell coming into this season? Well, I – up until today, I had one question and uh, something that I guess what I was alluding to at the beginning of this uh, that I don't think is being talked about uh, is that um, there's a lot of talk about next summer and what that means for the Mavericks and what they'll be yeah. spending money on. And what is almost not being said at all is that Yogi Ferrell will be a restricted free agent. Mm-hmm. Um and there's been a lot of focus, obviously, on Nerlens Noel and a lot of focus on I would uh, say Seth all, Curry. I would say all the focus has been on Nerlens Noel. Yeah, I mean, I guess the beginning of free agency this uh, this summer, I kind of felt like there was a lot of talk about Seth Curry next summer because there was an assumption that Nerlens Noel was going to be on Dallas yeah, for the foreseeable true. future, and then everything shifted. Uh, but like those are the two guys that you're hearing names. Uh, from the organization itself that's being talked about for next summer and then maybe you know whatever free agent that they have money for outside of that depending on how they want to spend their money but yogi he's sort of like like he fits that that mold of a player who has obviously he burst onto the nba scene last year but then could come in and have another really, really solid season as, you know, what we assume to be the backup point guard position and then goes into that summer of free agency and some team that really needs a point guard that wants to take a shot on a guy uh, goes out and puts, you know, maybe too high of a contract and kind of tries to call Dallas's bluff to see what they're willing to spend. So that's all that is to say. I think that one of the questions for Yogi uh, is how much, uh, I guess for the organization, how much can you spend on another young point guard? Dennis Smith Jr. is on a a very affordable contract right now, so that's part of the luxury of all of this. But uh, how much money can you put on a a guy that's going to be the backup uh, for who knows how long? Can you you invest, especially when you're also trying to consider – uh, Seth Curry. So I don't know if it's a one or the other kind of thing. Um, I think that's I think that's a major question. And then I think uh, just for Yogi himself, it's it's can he find a role uh, off the bench that that makes sense for him and for the team in the long term. Yeah, my question for him is you know in tandem to that completely changed today <laughs> today we're recording this on media day and where carlisle said that he does not believe that which i already talked about on the podcast that i'm flabbergasted that he could say i don't believe he will start which you're the coach you decide that's like a decision that you make <laughs> yeah <laughs> i can yeah. say i don't believe he will start and that is like an obvious thing that i should say but for the coach to say that he believes that he will not start i don't know he's done this carlisle's done this before 
But yeah, there was a lot of. I mean, obviously, you were there in person. I was not. I was just kind of getting Twitter updates and email updates throughout the day. Uh, but there seemed to be a lot of those kinds of statements from Carlisle today, where it was like, I think he's. I think this might be what it is, or maybe this is what's going to happen. And obviously things will, will evolve through the preseason and training yeah. camp and things like that. But he he seemed very purposely vague with a lot of uh, rotational answers. Yeah, and I think that's just from being a bad team. And being a bad team, you don't have many right. definite this person is starting. Like we have Wes is right, going to start, Harrison's right. going to start, we have, you know, Dirk is going to start at some position. We're just not sure what it is. That that could be any number of positions for those guys. So, but for yeah. the for the decision that was you know announced today, I guess quote unquote announced that potentially Nerlens Noel could come off the bench, and that's what it's looking like right now as it stands. That means that Yogi, that Seth Curry is now in in the in the starting lineup. Probably. I, I can't imagine. Well, Isaac and I talked about what other iteration it would be, and maybe Dorian Smitty Smith could find himself back in the lineup. Yeah, I, just, I don't yeah. really see that. But for Yogi, for what we're talking about today, Yogi now had, is now like the ball handler coming off the, you know, he's the playmaker coming off the bench now. Him and Nerlens Noel are going to be the first two guys off the bench. You know, they come in for whoever. And yeah, I think that's a good, definitely a good role for him. And the big question is, you know, can he find enough, you know, chemistry with Noel and can he, you know, prove that he's worth, you know, a long-term deal as a backup in that role and be okay with that role cuz that's his role. He's he's the he's the like going to be the actual sixth man whereas Noel is going to be the, the the sixth man that you know has the title of sixth man. Okay, keep your eyes closed. Okay. I want to show you my first ever painting. Ooh, all right. Okay. Open your eyes. Oh. That's a lot of colors mm-hmm. <laughs> and shapes. So be honest. What do you think? Well, uh, I like how if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. Oh, yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. Here, why don't I hold your paintbrush while you call them? Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. Right. Yeah, I mean, you're you're right. So much did change today because I think there was a lot of assumptions about, you know, we spent the whole summer outside of talking about free agency, kind of assuming that we knew what uh, we know nothing. The logical we know nothing. would be, and we learned today we that we know nothing. I wanted to ask you. I'm you. I know you guys did your own uh, media day pod, but and I haven't I haven't heard it yet. But uh, when when he said that about Noel, this is just a quick tangent. When he said that about Noel, did like all of the oxygen in the room suck out and everyone like laughed to themselves, like thought he might be joking or was it just like, you know, of, well, of course he's not going to be starting. I, I was just so, I did like a triple take to my phone when I saw that the first time. Uh, what was that like in the room? It was. So Tim McMahon asked the question. He, he says, and I, I miss quoted that on the podcast i said that matt mosley did so sorry matt <laughs> I, gave, I gave you the quote and it wasn't yours but tim mcmahon asked he said do you anticipate nerland's noel starting and so that kind of left it open for him and he yeah. just came out and said you know i don't believe that he's gonna start and he went through this whole thing about how he sat down three days ago with you know with rich paul and sat down two days ago with the whole like crew that's that decides who starts and you know stuff like that and he said to all of them he said i don't believe nerlens is going to start and 
there was a little gasp. It wasn't like a huge, like, you know, gosh, yeah. all the examples I just thought of are really awful. I don't, Michael, Michael Jordan is playing baseball gasp. Like it wasn't that kind of a gasp, man. All, <laughs> all the examples I just thought of were really bad besides that one. The, uh, it wasn't that kind of a gasp, but there was just a little like, Hmm, you know, where that, that emoji where he puts his finger up, you know, up in his face yeah. and just like, hmm. yeah. So it was, it was a questionable thing to me. I felt like it was going to be for sure that they would have to start him, but all this stuff this summer, I think played into it. And the fact that Carlisle, the only reason he gave and the rationale that he gave was that their best lineup is with Dirk at five, which is true. And he's not going to bench Dirk. So one of right. the, one of the guys has right. to be the odd man out. So it's either going to yeah. be Noel or Curry or yeah, no, I can't, sure. I, I can't imagine a world where it'd be both. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. That's, that's kind of where right. it was today. Yeah. It's a, I mean, as we thought we had already dissected every single thing about the Nerlens Noel. You're, te- uh, you're telling me, man. <laughs> I mean, I, to, th- to think that, I mean, I wrote that player, player preview for him uh, last week and yeah, we talked about uh, it. I, I mean, like, it, it's there was a moment today where it was like, well, that that goes completely out the window <laughs> because how you view him as a player now is completely changed. Anyway, that's a, you know, that's a media day tangent. That just a wasted I afternoon. I've just been scratching, <laughs> scratching my head uh, all day trying to figure, trying to figure all that out. Yeah, it was, Yogi, it was weird. But back to Yogi. So our biggest yeah. question is just what kind of role can he, can he fill out? And I think he's, yeah. I think he's coming into the year and I think he he's going to, he still is always going to have a chip on his shoulder because he was waived twice because he yeah. was undrafted because you know, all this stuff and he's going to come in and see this young guy, Dennis, and he's going to know that he's more talented than him. Uh, and he definitely more athletic than him. And I think yeah. that's going to motivate him for sure. And I think they're going to motivate each other because some of the question we had about Dennis Smith Jr. was his work ethic. Now, that hasn't been sure. questioned since he's been drafted because all the right things have been said about him and that he he has said all the right things. But yeah. nobody questions Yogi's work at, work ethic ever. Like he, you know, right. he's going after it and I think that could really well, push I'm, Dennis and I think the two of them together could be really really good. I do too. And I you know, Yogi is is such a uh, he's such a great fit for this organization and the things yeah. that they value, uh, both Shortness. on and off the floor. That I yes, if you are a small point guard, <laughs> uh, Dallas will value you. Um, but I, you know, I think I think he he does fit so much of that mentality, and I think it is like an interesting kind of push and pull dynamic just in style of play between he and Dennis Smith Jr. that uh, I don't I don't really know how well it'll work in an actual NBA game having them on the floor together, but but I think they complement each other really well if it was something that they wanted to try. And it's not something that you could ever have as a long term lineup because it's very that's a very small backcourt. Uh, it played it played well in summer league, but that's summer league. Uh, and yeah, I, I think that if he can find that that niche as a solid, I mean, I guess now he is number one guard off the bench. We're assuming uh, if Seth Curry would be in the starting lineup, um, if he can find that niche, then I, I think he's going to be successful this season. Um, and I, you know, digging deeper into that in the next few points, uh, there's some things that I think he can focus on. But but yeah, if he can if he can find a role, a very defined role. Uh, I think that's where 
the foundation for a successful season would be for him. Yeah, so a successful season for, for Yogi, for him as a player, means that he's probably getting 20 or so minutes, 20-plus minutes off the bench. I'm not going to put an exact number on it, but something like that where he is – you know, running the offense, him and Seth play some together. Him and Wes play some together. I yeah. The 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 Yogi and Dennis thing will only happen probably about five minutes every other game or so. Like yeah. I just can't imagine yeah. it having that much. It'll happen in spurts. Right. There there will right. be certain matchups where a team will play. I think I I think like against the Pelicans. I think you could even start that lineup against them because they have Rondo and Drew Holiday. You know those two guys. You can yeah. play you can play Dennis and Yogi against them, and you're not losing too much. Because they have, they basically starting two point guards, so yeah. Well, and maybe that's that the that. evolution of yeah. There's a that's the evolution of of uh, the the backcourt in general in the NBA right now is to have two primary ball handlers on the floor, two guys that might be scoring threats uh, by themselves, but uh, adding that additional like attack ability is is something that a lot of teams do. Kind of you know, uh, Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum kind of stuff where they both have that ability i don't think that yogi is at that level but but there is flexibility in what he can do and i think dennis smith jr also has some flexibility with what he could do positionally to make that happen another lineup that we're seeing like that is like a uh, derrick rose Dwayne wade backcourt that we're gonna see soon (laughs) sure (laughs) oh gosh that's gonna be so funny okay what other elements in yogi's game do you see him having to improve on or you know, build upon from last year that would make it the best case scenario for him. Um, you know, I I don't have like adva- advanced stats numbers here in front of me. I thought just just from um, breaking down video and memory of of his playing time last year with Dallas, I think he could improve on his pick and roll game um, a bit more. Uh, I think. I think he part of, you know, just the the actual disadvantage of being the size that he is, is having to come off screens with big men. He's great at attacking that as a scorer because he creates some separation and he's so quick. Um, But I think passing vision when it comes to the pick and roll is something that he could definitely work on. He was he was having to, like, learn that on the fly, it seemed like to me uh, last season and building that chemistry, whether it was with Dirk or with um, any other center that was playing last year, but, uh, just, but just block like them out of your memory. Barnes. Just block them all. Yeah. Yeah. Any number of centers that we had thrown out there. Um, Bogut, but I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dwight Powell. Um, you know, I, I think that that, I think that that could be something that he really focuses on. And then additionally, um, I would say, the biggest thing offensively is if he can find a way to be very efficient, uh, that is kind of the, I think that's the biggest demand on, uh, you know, guys coming off the bench that are supposed to be like, uh, a change of pace or a burst of energy. They're also required to sort of be efficient because they don't get as much time on the floor. Um, he played like 29 minutes a game last year for Dallas. He's not going to get that luxury this year. No. He's not going to get that warm-up time on the floor to get into the rhythm of the game. He's going to have to come in and be assertive and also uh, not waste possessions. Um, so I think that's going to be a pretty big key. Uh, I think that's something that that, that Berea, I, I think 
obviously it's an easy comparison to make. They have similar styles and obviously the size, uh, the size comparison is, is very similar. I think if they, I think JJ does that very well. He comes in and is, and is assertive with the offense, but is also pretty efficient when it comes to what he's doing on the floor. Yeah. I think just learning the offense is, is something that's going to be big for him going into the next year. Uh, there was times, like you said, in pick and roll, and especially pick and pop scenarios with Dirk, where he just missed him. You know, Dirk was wide open, and you got to get Dirk the ball in those yeah. scenarios, and he would just miss him. And Dirk would, you know, not necessarily be upset, but just kind of be like, "Hey, I was here," you know, like I was open and stuff. So just finding right. stuff like that, and a lot of his three point opportunities were um, him sort of making opportunities for himself, and I think helping, you know, doing what JJ does with the ball movement and finding finding the open space and not necessarily just creating off the dribble for yourself. I think just, you know, involving other people in the offense. He had a lot, he had assists last year, but that's just something he can improve on. Yeah. Like what you and Dan were talking about in the JJ preview is, is Bray has just such an incredible chemistry and feel for the game with Dirk. Uh, I mean, maybe as good as almost any other point guard that Dirk has played with. I think that why he's still in the league. Yeah, I mean, for whatever for whatever reason, he makes so much sense in Dallas specifically, and he makes so much sense on the floor with Dirk and in Carlisle's system. That if Yogi can can learn, can just soak that up. Uh, you know, maybe he's not going to be playing with Dirk for that many years, but there's always going to be within Carlisle's system. There's going to be that framework, and uh, if he's going to be around long term, that's going to be a big task for him this season for sure what do you think about the worst case scenario for for yogi despite injury which hasn't really been a problem for him but what do you think is is worst case scenario what could derail yogi's season um i think i think he would have to like completely lose his mentality and personality that we've been praising this entire podcast (laughs) because i think the worst case scenario would have to be him just like fading into the background uh he's uh, dallas may not be very good this season but there's a lot of uh potential firepower in the backcourt with some other uh athletic young scoring guards um and 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 because he's not going the newness of of him in the system will be gone and the novelty he's going to be tasked with with like, yeah, I mean, the he's going to be tasked with with finding his his space, and if he, you know, if if Dennis Smith Jr. you know comes out and has that Rookie of the Year campaign, and Seth Curry has his contract season where he's going nuts, uh, I think worst case scenario is that you know all of the positives that we saw last spring and going into summer league with Yogi, if if he battles with consistency, um, having to be that bench player, that's going to be worst case scenario because he's playing. He's playing for a, a new contract, also. Yeah, I think one of the worst case scenarios for for Yogi is if we just find out that he can't play with with uh, with Seth or West that well. Um, we we've got yeah. gotten some you know a little sample size of that with him. Um, you know, thirty six games or so of you know how he plays with those guys. If we just find out that that isn't going to work and that that's not going to be 
you know, combinations that are going to be effective, then I think we could start to see him lose minutes. Um, you know, if if there's if they try the uh, the stopgap, you know, Yogi Dennis Smith Jr. and those lineups are just terrible. That that deletes another scenario for him to play. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's going to have to find ways to plug himself in in a lot of different situations. Yeah, and that's kind of that's I mean that's what a backup point guard does. Now he was uh, he was barely uh, you know a net negative with Curry and with Matthews. They're they're just about the same in about 500 minutes each. So to me, I, I think that he could you know work well with either. Uh, and so I feel like that if if we just see more and more that that's not going to work, that could be a worst case. Right now, it's not. I'm, this is not like the sky is falling, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. So it could be. That could be terrible. Now, Yogi was plus five and a half net um, net positive with Devin Harris. That's interesting because I think now with that Seth moving into the starting lineup, I think those two play together a lot more, and I think that's really good. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's so many different players that they're going to be juggling at guard, and, you know, there's the, the reality is that Devin and JJ will probably – at some point be battling injuries so maybe it won't be so many guys to juggle but both yeah. of those guys are definite security blankets for Rick Carlisle and to see how he plays around with those rotations will be really interesting uh this year because i think the organization is definitely moving in a direction to get younger and grow these players that they're investing into um and seeing who they want to stick around but uh, but if if any of these young guys can find ways to also play with those vets, it's going to be pretty valuable for them, uh, both immediately and then long term. Definitely. Jordan, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast talking about Yogi. Uh, go check out the player preview that he did on Mavs Moneyball. Uh, your second time on the pod, man. Uh, Dal- I feel like such a professional now. Dalton has done it I'm- twice. You have now done it twice. There's not many in the two-timers club. Well, you know, I do what I can. All right. Thanks so much for joining us on Lockdown Mavs. And thank you, Jordan. Thank you.